Welcome to the Confessions of an IT Business Owner podcast, where we believe that healthy cash flow is critical for your IT business. Automation is paramount in building trust with your clients by looking professional will help grow your business. I'm your host, Ryan Goodman, and today you'll learn about some profound struggles related to owning and growing an IT business and how Rick Jordan from Reach Out IT overcame them. If you're not focusing on the offense right now, you're going to be playing defense the entire time and just keep losing ground, losing ground, losing ground to the point to where your valuation is so low that you'll have to either just fold or sell for pennies on the dollar. Here is the podcast with Rick. Hey guys, Ryan Goodman here, president of Connect Booster. I am here with Rick Jordan, and I'm going to give you a little bit of an intro. And I'm also going to allow you to, to do it. Part up on our, uh, our hey, audience, hey. but uh, Rick is the CEO of Reach Out IT. He's also a public speaker. I mean, he's been featured in uh, speaking in NASDAQ, uh, Harvard clubs of Boston and New York City, as well as a, a bunch of other places. Isn't it West Point Academy? As yeah, well, man, that was a trip. Place. I was just talking to a pastor of mine, who a pastor friend of mine yesterday, because he actually spoke at West Point as well. And we were he he did a funeral there for a Secret Service man, and Bill Clinton was right in front of him. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, yeah, President Bill Clinton. It was wild. Yeah, so we had a little. It's like we were both on the grounds. It was cool. It was like a common bonding moment. But I didn't have a president standing next to me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> next time. Next time. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> um, you are also the host of your own podcast, the All In Podcast, which is extremely popular. So, uh, hey, man, we're we're in the presence of a celebrity. Thanks for hanging out with me. Oh, man, I'm, I'm excited. I appreciate you having me on, man. Uh, I love this. You know, I love just being around interesting people and you definitely qualify as interesting people. I appreciate yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right, man, I'm going to dig in. Let's get some of the basics out of the way. Yeah. Um, why don't you give us just a hundred thousand foot view of your overall business, businesses, ventures, but also I think it's important to tell people where they can find you online as well. Yeah, that one's easy. That's just at Mr. Rick Jordan on all platforms. You can awesome. hit me up there. Yeah. And there's links to the show, the podcast, everything that's there. But I, um, that's a great question, man, because it's so interesting right now. And I'm sure we'll get into more of the COVID and coronavirus talk a little yeah. later on. But my origin story, you know, in tech starts years and years ago. You know, I, I am CEO of Reach Out Technology, Reach Out IT right now. That, that's been around for about a decade. Okay. You know, we do right around two million a year. That's how we finish out the year last year. You know, even this year we booked in the first quarter alone about 900K. That's and that, that was even before, you know, because we're constantly growing, man. And it, it, there's reasons for that too, which I'm sure we'll, we'll probably get into. And that was even pre-corona is when we started booking all this business this year. But I, uh, I started, man, actually in music because I'm an ordained pastor also, you know, no along with being CIA trained and all this other stuff, you know, I just, like anybody else out there have all these different aspects to them, you know, so it's, That's it's crazy. like, I've got all these different areas and they've kind of coalesced into one now and it's really cool. Because I love tech, but how I got into tech was actually in music, playing guitar and drums and taking around and looking at, you know, all the different effects pedals that I could use and how to blend them together and really honing in on that. So I'm like, this stuff's pretty cool. Yeah. And then I was going to be a cop when I was 18, but that no didn't way. pan out. Yeah, because I just, dude, I've got a heart to try to protect people and really just kind of lift them up, you know. And that's one of the service aspects of who I am. I was gonna join the military. That didn't work out either. Neither did the cop thing for many reasons that are actually in my book, you know, just some crazy stuff going on. Uncovering, you know, different conspiracies and you know, different other ethical conundrums that exist within law enforcement. I love our police officers. I support our police officers. Just like anything else, humans are humans. Yeah, yeah. You know, and everybody needs help. And that's why I don't judge either. It's awesome. and. But everybody can be brought up from anything is one of my, I'll get, man, I can get so far into philosophy and how I feel about things, just lifting people up. But getting into tech, man, I, I started and I cut my teeth with Merrill Lynch back in the day, you know, before they were acquired by Bank of America. And it was like enterprise IT. I deployed 12,000 servers and 150,000 workstations across all their branch offices in the US, built those suckers, shipped them out. You know, it was, it was interesting, but it really helped me dive into this stuff. I'm like, you know, maybe this is something that I'm pretty good at. And I was. You know? yeah, I, would, I would say you had to be at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was do or die when you're doing that and you're thrust into it. It was really cool because it was one of the, 
and it, this is another thing that I live by, man, is that you always need coaches and mentors in your life. And the reason I am where I am today is because of the coaches and mentors that I've had in my life. And this was a dude who had known me for 10 years. You know, I was only 18 when I was doing this stuff for Merrill Lynch. Oh, wow. And I'm wow. 40 now, so you're talking 22 years ago. And he just saw something in me, man, and pulled me out of the warehouse you know, the, at this place and said, you know what, I'm going to throw you in here. We're going to train you on the job. And if it wasn't for him, man, his name was Wyant Nicewanger. And I still remember him to this day, you know, because he was really the first one that saw something in me That's and cool. kind of that first mentor, that first coach that I had. That's cool. That's and then super. from there on, I went, uh, dude, I started working for Geek Squad a little after no that way. too. I was okay. the very first Geek Squad agent in Chicago, Wow. which was one of the first seven nationwide when Best Buy acquired them. Wow. Uh, and we talk with people all the time, you know, I, I skipped over something pretty important because in Geek Squad, I was one of the best salespeople that they had. Hmm. They were always asking me, you know, from corporate saying, why are your per ticket averages three to four times higher than everyone else at one of our other six test stores. Yeah. And it was as simple as this. I'm like, dude, I just ask them what they need. Yeah. <laughs> ask <good> questions. <laughs> exactly. Instead of just going in and doing the job like a Comcast tech or something like that, you know, yeah. and just being condescending because I may be no more than those people. That's a, a blessing to be in that role when you know more than someone because now you can teach them and help lift them up. Right. It's really cool, man. But I, uh, when I was working for Geek Squad, I shifted over and wrote the whole book for Best Buy for Business when they launched that for oh, sales wow. and got into, re I, I cross over to the dark side, as I call it, you know, went from the tech over to the business side yeah. and especially into sales. It was a lot of fun. But the first time I spoke though, you mentioned I was a public speaker. This was mm -hmm. when I was 16 and maybe this is why this was easier for me. I don't know. My dad passed when I was 16 and really? had leukemia. And my younger brother and sister, 10 and 11 years old at the time, I helped raise them for a couple of years because my wow. mom was, you know, she, she was grieving for a couple oh, of years after that, man. Intense. I'll never forget the close relationship that those two had uh, and how they would always, and my wife and I do this now, always hug and kiss in front of your kids. Mm -hmm. uh, so your kids can see that, wow, my parents actually, yeah, my parents actually love each other. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's really cool having that environment. We've got that at our house now. But the first time I spoke in public was at my dad's funeral when I was 16. And it was just about a 10 or 12 minute talk. Uh, but that was in front of 300 people because yeah. he was only 46 when he yeah. passed. And when you're younger, I've noticed too throughout life, you know, because I, I just turned 40 last year. When you're younger, you seem to know more people and more people know you, you know, than versus when you age in life and get a little more seasoned. You know, there's le exactly your circle kind of condenses a little bit. You know, so there was a lot of people that showed up, man. And that was the first time I spoke in public was at that point. And still it was motivational and inspirational. You know, just talking about how we can turn this moment into, I remember it, telling my dad, I mean, looking down at his coffin saying, you know, I'm not going to let you down. And then turning to everybody else that was there attending. And this is an opportunity to take what was bad and celebrate what was good prior to this. Yeah. and utilize all that and thrust us forward to the rest of life. Yeah. My dad set a great example, man. I'm grateful for him. But even in that saying, you know what? We can celebrate his life and I don't let him be forgotten you know, to this point. And this is one way that I honor him is trying to serve other people. Yeah. You know, whether it's other MSPs like we're doing right now and telling them how things are working great or how they're not working so great and they can learn from you and I. Yeah. I love that. But that's, that's how I first got started in public speaking, man. Wow, that's then, wild. Yeah, it was crazy, right? <laughs> then uh, around 28 years old, because I was telling you I was working for Best Buy for business, yep. right? Mm -hmm. They killed that entire division right at the recession, hmm. the last recession. That's when I was launched into where I'm at now. That's when I started doing, I had one MSP first that failed actually okay. for two years. You know, I, I say that it failed because it just wasn't structured right. Sure. Uh, it was still, but then I rebooted it back in 2010 Okay. And that's how I got to where I'm at right now. Uh, that reboot is interesting, but the recession is something that's interesting to focus on, if you don't mind, because you were talking about, I know well, I'm talking a lot, man. You're not asking a lot of questions. No, this, sorry, is, this is good, and I love it, because, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I wanted to understand parallels uh, yeah. between now and then and, and uh, you know, what you're seeing inside of business. So It's, it's interesting, because I'm seeing a lot of similarities from now, you know, with coronavirus and COVID compared to 
our last recession, you know, and everyone's, you know, starting to call this even maybe a depression, something like that. I don't see it that way, you know, because I, you remember how it was 12 yeah. years ago, yeah. the markets crashed way worse than where they're at right now. The housing market, yeah, it's taken a pretty big hit and it's going to continue to go down, but that was really the catalyst for the last recession. Right. This is something different. It's a pandemic. It's still extremely serious and, and tragic, but I'm seeing some parallels in this from a business perspective and that I started my MSP, you know, or going into that space, launching on my own during a recession. Mm -hmm. And I always see opportunities and there's everybody talking about, you know, opportunities are abundant right now and all this. It's, but I think they're presenting it in, a, in the wrong way too, because they're presenting it as taking advantage of the situation. Sure. Versus where I see the opportunities coming will really be about six months from now when everybody's trying to rebuild. Right now for MSPs, it's a time to really start to serve your clients more and try to figure out ways where you can do more for them now without charging more. Agreed. And there's a way to do this. There's to totally ways to do that. We started shifting our focus on our rhythms with engagement with clients okay. about three months ago, even before COVID hits, before we knew this was even a thing, where we could touch our clients more and also spend less time. You know, it's an interesting concept, but we yeah. started looking at, everybody knows QBRs. Yep. Uh, everybody gets that, but we started breaking those down and the QBRs, you've always got to go through the technical garbage. Uh, I love the human aspect to IT. If you couldn't get that from me now that I, I have a very human <laughs> side of me <laughs> versus, versus the, the tech side. You know, I'm still a nerd at heart though, man. I mean, that's how I got into this, right? Was uh, dinking around with all the, the music effects pedals and guitar yeah. effects pedals and everything. Right. Yeah, I built my first computer when I was like 10 years old or something, an old Tandy computer awesome. that, that it was crazy. But there's a lot of opportunity that exists right now to really serve and show your clients that you're more present now than ever. Yeah, increase your connection points. And that doesn't necessarily increasing headcounts. That mm -hmm. doesn't mean increasing the amount of time that you spend with them. For us, it was actually pulling it back, but making those touch points more frequent. Yeah. And you're, I'm assuming you're talking about intentionality inside of you got it as well, right? I Absolutely. I, I went through and I'd be glad to share this spread. I'm actually launching a site here soon to msp-thrive.com because okay. I, during this, I see this as a way to even provide MSPs some of the cool things that I've done and how I use to manage my business. Just, you know, no charge or anything for this stuff. I just want to throw awesome. it out there. Reason being is 12 years ago, I was in that boat. Uh, where my twins were born. I didn't say this before my twins were born right after I was laid off two weeks after I was laid off from Best Buy. You, you jumped into the deep end of the pool. <laughs> Dude, it was, it was intense. You know, first off, I mean, my twins were great. You know, at that point, I feel sorry for any parent who has multiples their second round, you know, cause uh, if you have a single, then multiples, you know, you've you already been used. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. When you have the multiples first, you just don't know any better. This is normal. You just do it. And then when our third came along, it was like, man, this is just the, the simplest thing in the world. You know, we'll just let him be and let him live his own life, you know, whatever. <laughs> but it got to the point sometimes, man, and this is how rough it can get, you know, even now. And I'm sure there's some smaller MSPs that are really, really feeling the pain. Because mm -hmm. you know, I've had years at this point to build up to a point to where it's, there's a little bit more reserve and I have a little bit right. more business knowledge. Right. than most to be able to pivot at this point in time and, and plan things out so that everybody can thrive again. It was to the point, man, 12 years ago where it was literally, you know, do I pay my mortgage or do I buy my kid's formula? Yeah, those are super tough. Yeah, and that's like a non-choice, right? Yeah. Because it, do I keep a roof over their head or do I feed them? Yeah. How do I do that? And there were times in the, to where our power was shut off and I couldn't pay it until two days later during this time period too, when I launched my MSP back in 2008 to where I, it was a condo that we owned to where I would run an extension cord from the refrigerator because that's where the breast milk was. That's where yeah. the, the formula was stored out to the hall, to the common area and plug it in and leach power off of the association. Yeah, and I look back at that and it's like, was that ethical? Probably not. It was survival. Survival. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, Maybe there was some other ways to do it. I don't know. But what do you do in those time yeah. periods when you're staring at the faces of two, three month olds yep. right at you and say, I need to provide for you somehow. How can you I do care. this? Get exactly. It. And then, of course, after that, you know, I let the association know. And then I paid them a little extra saying, you know, I, for two days, I took some power from you. You know, what, what's that worth? You know, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it is. 
uh, I, I just needed that bridge, you know, almost like a, a working capital loan. There you go for my family. Yeah, there. Yeah. And you, you, interestingly enough, the title of your book is Situational Ethics, which yeah. you've literally just just uh, described right there. It's um, crazy, is, is man. Is that also a, a story that you uh, talk about inside of that that publication? Ironically, no, but it probably should be in there because it fits the premise of the whole book yeah, that yeah. ethics are always, to me anyways, you know, 99% of the time, whatever, a matter of dollars and cents. Mm -hmm. They're always a matter of an economic proposition. Yeah. Uh, so what, what will make you cross the line and what line is that? For me, it was staring at two, three-month-olds that I had to provide yeah. to where I just needed electricity for my refrigerator for two days. Yeah. And I made that right so that I, yeah. my conscience would be okay. Right. Uh, but there's others. I mean, there's stories, man. I mean, with insider threats, cause I could go down rabbit holes with that, but it, with our clients to where I've stopped a salesperson selling a $25 million book of business to my client's largest competitor, you know, catching them in the act with vehicle GPS in the parking lot of their largest competitor, ready to sell that thing. I mean, just, right. just crazy stuff, man. But right now I see a lot of, because if we look back at 2008, there was a lot of people like me, you know, especially in the tech field that were displaced, didn't have a job anymore. What did they do? You know, they started their own business, you know, whether happen. it's BreakFix, yeah. MSP, whatever. Now I could see this happening again six months from now. And this is important for the MSPs out there because I think we're going to have a lot of coronapreneurs that come out of this scenario because those individuals that might have worked for an MSP before, or maybe they might have been internal IT at a large corporation, they don't have jobs. Yeah. What are they going to do? You know, so like me, it's a matter of economic proposition most of the time. What are they going to do? They're probably going to take a look at what, if you're an MSP, this is insider threats, right? This is cybersecurity, human security within your own organization right now. Mm -hmm. If you had to lay some people off during this time, make sure that your customers are protected. Right. Because I know when I started, you know, now Best Buy eliminated the division, so it was a little bit more ethical, but I had Buffalo Wild Wings, a franchise owner who owned six that came with me right. from that, who was right. my very first client. Right. I could see that happening to some other MSPs to where if they have to lay somebody off, that person, ha maybe they have twins like I did and they have to feed them. Uh, what are they going to do? I have not, um, I <laughs> Funny enough, that has not crossed my mind in terms yeah. of a, a threat inside of this landscape. That's uh, uh, but I think really, really relevant. Yeah, really man. Situ court awareness is to, you know, the situation that individuals inside of our organizations, if they were to be let go, where does that put the company overall? You got it. And it doesn't matter if they're a good person or not. They probably are good people. Yeah. Uh, but it comes down to that one word we talked about before, which is survival. Yeah. You know, or protection, you know, and meaning protection of your current economic status, your current lifestyle, yeah. you know, putting food on your table. Yeah. And then beyond that, they'll pivot. Maybe they'll go back to work with that MSP. You know, they just did some stuff on the side with the side hustle, a little moonlighting here and there for now, and they'll go back to the MSP. But just be wary, I would say to all, all MSPs, just take a look at your customer list and make sure you have good relationships and you're increasing your connection points now, especially if you've had to lay some of your staff off. Now they're without a job. They're on unemployment, but what are they thinking? They don't know if they're going back or not. Look at PPP. I mean, how many people got funded? Oh yeah. I didn't. Sure. I didn't get was, funded. Uh, was it 80? I don't want to throw out statistics. Yeah. Super dangerous, but it was a really high percentage. I think it was like 80% that applied. It was insane. Get, yeah. Uh, did not get it to, to actually hit, hit their account. You know, right on, you know, and payroll wise, I mean, mine was under 200 K for the loan yeah. for those couple of months, you know, but I know a lot of banks were prioritizing the larger clients because it was, they would make more in processing from those. Yeah. I've you know, read either way. Um, yeah. If you don't have PPP and you've had to lay your staff off that, that person, even though they're a good person has now become a liability. Right. And yeah. I don't want to be doom and gloom, but, no, but I see this be, happening. Be mindful of the situation and, and, um, you know, the stuff that you're hitting me with right now, I was like, man, yeah, that, that is something. And I've been on a lot of webinars and I've been on a lot of panel discussion. Yeah, man. That is, that is the first time that uh, that specific 
subject has come up. So court awareness, guys, <laughs> this is this is really good. This might be the only place you hear that. So pay attention. Probably. And I've seen that, you know, we've had clients too to where the, there's been fires on their floors at law firms and my team comes back and tells me, they're like, oh my gosh, I had a fire. You know, we're, we're in disaster recovery mode for them. You know, thank God we've got all the right solutions in place. They're still working. All their stuff is spun up in the cloud, everything else. And they're thinking the tech side, and I'm thinking, how'd that thing start? You know, that's where my brain goes. You know, and this comes back to the law enforcement side and then being yeah. trained by the CIA a few years ago as a civilian for contract work. But I, oh, it was a water cooler. One dude mentioned who works for me, he goes, that thing was moved like six feet away from where it was usually. You know, I don't know if maybe it started and someone saw it. I'm like, show me a picture. And then I see, I'm just looking at a photo, man. I see this little wire coil going from the compressor on this water cooler up to the power supply. I'm like, that shouldn't be there. Wow. Weird. And then sure enough, the, the, the detectives missed it, man. And as soon as I tipped them off to that, that's when they came back in and ruled it arson. Wow. And that was an insider threat. That was somebody who worked for my client that did this and just got disgruntled and then tried to burn the house down, literally. It's, it's crazy. You know, that's the stuff that's out there. But I do want to give people hope, too, because you know, I see right now in the MSP space, this is so interesting to me, and it's been happening already and I think there's an acceleration that we're going to see because of COVID is a consolidation. And even more so with these coronapreneurs, as I'm calling them, that are entering the market now, that means more competition. Right. Because you know, there's about 142,000, I've looked at them, I've looked at the numbers, 142,000 MSPs across the entire US right now. Now, some of them I'm sure are gonna fall off the map. Right. But other ones are going to be consolidated Exactly. I'm actually in acquisition mode right now myself because sure. I'm looking to acquire those who are my size and lower right now because we're we're building up. You know, we're actually going public later this year too, which okay. is another whole wow. story in itself. But it's it's cool, man, because I see myself 12 years ago, and this actually might be something to consider for some smaller MSPs. You know, one I'm at in active talks right now. The reason and the why he wants to sell. He's been around for 15 years. Sure. You know, it does about one and a half million in revenue. The yeah. reason why he wants to sell is because he doesn't like the weight on his shoulders. He never did. Right. I get that. You know, even though he wants and he wants to help somebody else thrive and build something bigger than himself. Right. Which is cool. You know, so if it's not the case to where you're, you know, maybe you're making 500K a year revenue, you know, 300K a year. That means you might be taking home 50, 60,000 dollars. Right. That's it, which is crazy to me too, because the average small business owner takes home about 59.9 every year. That's also stats from the SBA, man. Yeah. How do you live on that? I don't yeah. know. Especially don't when know. you have a family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now with everyone hard hit, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are really, really, really good techs. They just don't like the business side or never learn the business side. You know, so with MSP Thrive that I'm putting out there, you know, let's get them the right information but as part of this hope they can grab onto, but maybe also they might want to sell or find somebody to merge in with right. and build something bigger. I know MSPs, five of them that converge, you know, and built like this monster MSP. Right. You know, one's a COO, one's a COO, you know, one's a CTO. You know, they just started going through all the C's, man. Well, it's interesting. I mean, it, 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 it ends up being a, a right seat on the bus. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and how to, or, you know, right seat in the, in the canoe, making sure everybody's rowing in the same, same direction. And uh, you got it. Oftentimes you need collaboration and then being able to find those different skill sets. You do. Like, I, I like that attitude of finding um, opportunity, not only inside of your business, looking to make um, acquisition this time, but yeah. also, you know, from what I'm gathering, the philosophy is it's, it's, it's helping to bolster up that individual or the team associated with the company that you're, you're, you're bringing into your fold. That's exactly. I mean, everyone's yeah. winning in that, in that type of a right on. scenario and finding those common goals and then attacking. You know? Exactly. I had a question posed to me because I have a team that's putting together the public offering right now. And I, I was always of this, flawed mindset. It's like, oh, I need to own 51%. I need to maintain sure. that amount of stock because I'm the captain. I need to know where I'm headed. I'm the one that has to guide the ship. Then they start telling me, you know, Zuckerberg, you know, Facebook, he only owns like 22% or 28%. Yeah. Something like that. And they start Elon Musk, you know, same way going through the entire 
gambit of all these insane entrepreneurs who own such a small percentage of their company. And they said, Rick, would you rather, you know, and this is for the MSPs, I'm using hypothetical numbers here in this merging concept, you know, or acquisition concept, would you rather own 100% of a $500,000 company, a 500K company, or would you be okay with maybe merging with somebody and owning half and building a $5 million company? Uh, Is 100% of 500K better or is 50% of 5 million better? Right, right. That's it. I hope your mindset is the one. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) yeah. Mindset, but yeah. There's some men that want to push through and that's cool and they should, you know, because I was one of those guys that pushed through. Yeah. Uh, But to your point too, you know, there's a lot of MSPs and this is one I had on one of my shows, I got so passionate about this man and started telling people to close their doors, shut down their business. You know, if this was the case, if you don't get excited when payroll comes around, if you don't get excited when you're signing those checks or clicking the approve button on your payroll process or whatever it is, you know, metaphorically signing the checks. Yeah. If you, if that's not you, you don't have a right to be in business. And this is where I give the straight truth on a lot of things too. You know, Cause if you don't get excited about the impact you can make in your people's lives, right. you should not be the captain of that ship. Agreed. And that's, that's how I've felt. I've got a canvas outside my office or that just says serve first. Uh, and that's what everyone sees. All my people see when they walk into my office is serve first. Yeah. And I, I love that, man. I've always said, I love payroll time because the more checks that I sign metaphorically, that means the more lives that I'm able to impact, the more families that I'm able to help. Absolutely. I think, is it Zig Ziglar? Um, you know, this is, this is throwback, but uh, help enough people get what they want. You ultimately get what you want if that's your That's attitude. dead on. Yep. You got it. Of serve leadership. Hey guys, Ryan Goodman here, president at Connect Booster and your host for this fine podcast. We want to take a quick break from our episode and thank you for listening. We wouldn't do this if it weren't for you, so thank you for sticking with us on this adventure. We also want to thank Rick for joining us on today's episode. You can find out more about Rick and Reach Out IT at reachoutit.com. Rick has given us a lot of fantastic information about his struggles and successes with owning an IT business. And there's a lot more coming after this break. If you want to learn more about Reach Out IT and their services, give them a call, send an email, throw a carrier pigeon if you have to. They want to help you out. Now, before we get back to the episode, we want to let you know all of the ways that you can find us online, starting with connectbooster.com slash podcast. That's where all our new episodes go up first. So if you want to listen right away, check out connectbooster.com slash podcast and sign up for our podcast email list. Episodes are also available on iTunes, Spotify, and Google as well. So subscribe to our channel or find us on your favorite podcast platform and they'll let you know when new episodes are ready to listen to. If you want to connect with us or be a guest on the podcast, email us at podcast at connectbooster.com or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter and we'll point you in the right direction. Lastly, if you like the podcast, tweet about it using hashtag IT confessions. We don't pay to promote the show, so sharing the show is really the best way to let us know that you like it. Thanks again for listening to the confessions of an IT business owner. We'll get back to the podcast and talk to you soon. A lot of what you're talking about really leads into my next question. Yeah, um, you know, no, we where we spent a lot of our uh, really first time just kind of hanging out was was last year. You know, we worked together yeah. in, in a capacity between you know kind of like vendor partner relationship for a few years, but um, got to spend some time with you on a boat um, cruising around Manhattan. At it the was I- pretty I- cool. Icon. It was a decent that boat. Was fun. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it, was, it was great going under the Brooklyn Bridge, and I mean, yeah. the area is beautiful. Um, I was really impressed with your philosophy around, you know, there's a lot of times that we, you know, we can control outcomes to a certain degree. We can help manipulate our environment to ourselves for opportunity, but there's also a lot of things where, you know, we can't, we can't adjust what happens to us, but the thing we can adjust is our attitude around it and how we react to it. And, um, you know, you've really hit, uh, on a lot of that, what, what are, the, what are some of the ways, you know, that you 
are taking that knowledge because as a leader that also has to drive down to your team are, are there specific ways that you try to um help implement your personal philosophies to to drive down um into the individuals in your business so so they're continuing to operate the business because you're a very busy guy yeah yeah the way you want the business to to run are, are there any ways that you're being intentional about that there is yeah and you're right on man because i transitioned like i said I, I went over to the dark side a while back you know so even though at the beginning days of my msp i was a dude in server closets i was a dude underneath yeah. the desks yeah. yeah and then i got really really sick in 2015 okay. and you know, i had a gangrenous gallbladder no one could figure it out for eight months. I was less than a day away from dying when they found out what this was and pulled it out. But it was after that moment to where I really shifted over to the dark side and saying, I'm plowing forward, you know, because that I couldn't control. Just like yeah. you're talking about here, I could not control that, but I absolutely could control my response to it, making through that, making it through it. And pressing on from that, I shifted. I completely took myself out of the tech side of the business at that point. And that's, dude, that's when we were only doing 500K a year too. Was that, uh, was that hard to let go of the purse strings? You know, it, transition? at first it was shifting my mind to that because it would be just natural pulls and it was more like mental muscle memory, you know, sure. trying to dive back into that stuff. But for me, I had the tragic events. I could see where if someone didn't have that life altering events where, tough. yeah, it would be very tough. But for me, it was a complete shift. At that point, I mean, like no looking back kind of a thing. Uh, and that's, uh, I believe a lot in that too, is burning the net, you know, it's a, no backup plan. You know, once you make a decision, you just drive forward. And I teach my people that too, you know, I, that's one thing, there's no, there's no might and there's no should. Those are two words that are forbidden in my MSP. You know, cause there isn't, you know, this might work or this should work. Let's just see how it goes. You know, who wants to hear that from a customer perspective, yeah, man? No. no. <laughs> how much confidence does that instill? You know? <laughs> Nope. <laughs> but to your point, that's part of the culture that you teach, you know, and there's things that I do in order to make sure that I still have touch points with my team. One is WWW, Wine and Whiskey Wednesday, mm. four o'clock every Wednesday. We all get together and now it's on Zoom, you know, so every, used, yeah. it used to be, they're missing a little bit that I bring in some pretty decent wine and pretty yeah, decent scotch and whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's clinking the webcam. Exactly. Yeah. So now they're stuck with what they have in their house, you know, so instead of McAllen, it might be Jack, you know, and instead of uh, <laughs> that McCarty Lamone, man, that still gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> but those are ways that I, I stay connected. And during those times too, that's when I train out culture and it's just bringing up conversation, you know, it's talking about scenarios with customers and then training them, you know, like those two things, the mites and the should, or going through our core values. You know, we just had four new people start this week. In, in the midst of all this. And that's my part in this. So they go through all the operations and systems training and the process and procedures and everything. But the very first thing they go through is me for an hour and a half, you nothing but culture. Fabric, yeah. Exactly, and that sets the stage and the tone for everything else that they go through this entire week. Uh, so, but those constant, just like you need to have constant touch points with your customers, you need to have constant touch points with your staff. Yeah, uh, and everyone, whether they like it or not, most of them do. They're forced to listen to my podcast. Yeah, uh, so they're forced to follow me on social media. Not yeah. forced, but it's just put it. You know, follow yeah, me, follow me. How, how this works? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then I pop up the in your feed. Exactly. Yeah. Then they get little trickles, and it's not like I'm saying, "Hey, you need to be a Facebook friend with me." No, I have a public figure page. Yeah, just follow me. Yeah, now, I'm a little different. I put out a lot of social content. You do most yeah. MSPs. Yeah. yeah, but the, this is one of the things, man, and this is even for customers, because I really have three things, you know, almost three tips outside of what we've been talking with for MSPs these days. One of those is that because tech guys, historically speaking, are not really good at using tech. Take a look at the social presence that most MSP owners have. It's next to nothing. Right. Look at their LinkedIn. There's like 30 connections for the most part. They're not investing where the world thrives. Right. right now, you know, and think about this, okay? I just donated, I'm very big into philanthropy. I started in the church, I'm an ordained pastor. I support financially when things come to me. Yeah. But last month I gave tens of thousands, multiple tens of thousands in a donation to a church that's starting. And they call me up like, dude, the, this is right when COVID hit. They're like, dude, we're putting the live sound up this week. I'm like, you need to stop, halt. <laughs> You're not gonna be able to meet in person for like three months, maybe at the minimum. Yeah, you know, and then I taught invest in cameras, invest in a studio, 
build that instead. Have the pastor, sit, who's a friend of mine, sit in front of his fireplace at his house yeah. and, and start talking to people. Dude, they did this. I'm grateful that they listened because their church of 400 people now, just last month, their Easter video reached over 10,000. That's wild. It's insane. But that's where the opportunity is for MSPs too. With social. So, you know, tech guys are traditionally not very good at using tech, social media, click funnels. It's like the shoemaker that doesn't wear shoes. Yeah. You know, there's all these tools that are out there for us. You know, click funnels is a way to, you know, to generate digital leads. Yeah. That's what I do. Absolutely. I don't do cold calls, man. I don't, I don't make those kinds of things. Everything comes from social media ads and we continue to grow and add two to three new clients every single month on solid MRR. That's awesome. And yeah, uh, that, that, comes down to that whole, you know, I close 100% of the leads and, and a lot of the MSPs think that I did, you know, years ago when I was only doing three to 500, I'm like, shoot, my close ratio is like 95%, yeah. you know, almost when 100%, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Then I realized that's because all of them are just super warm referrals. Yeah. You know, and when you get down to it, when you have that lead engine driving in, you realize that, oh, you're not so good at that 95 to 100%, you know, and I dropped down to around 15 to 20, and that's probably because I've had a history in sales before that it was that good coming out of the gates. Right. You know, when most are probably between like five and 10, you know, like closing one out of every 10 that's there, you want to be between 20 to 25, of course. Uh, but that's one of the things is always focus on driving more leads because, uh, or not just driving more leads, but also focusing on that presentation that you have and your sales concept of building that, co that prospect's confidence in what you're telling them in you, in your company, and in your product or service. Uh, so focus on how you're closing these things, not just the amount of leads that are coming through. Do all that, man, you gotta build a list. That's like number three. You know, that, that's the start, do something. Get out there, you know, do a, do a Zoom call, or yeah. for, if your vertical's law firms, you know, do like a, a HIPAA compliance thing for law firms or something. Right. Everybody registers for your webinar. You know, start calling up and getting people enlisted. Have your staff focus on that right now. Because this pivot I'm talking about, man, with these coronapreneurs, if you're not focusing on the offense right now, you're going to be playing defense the entire time and just keep losing ground, losing ground, losing ground to the point to where your valuation is so low that you'll have to either just fold or sell for pennies on the dollar, yeah. uh, which I don't want to see anybody in that boat. Agreed. I'd rather give them free stuff now and help them along you know, or have conversations with you and have it go out to them and say, hey, here's three things you can do right now, please. Yeah. The technology piece, I have, a, I have a couple questions for you around yeah. that. Um, what would be like one thing in the next week, an MSP that, you know, maybe is not savvy in uh, social or sure. you know, top of funnel lead gen, what is one simple thing they could do to dip their toe into the pool, something actionable? Yeah, that's a great point. Grab your phone, grab your iPhone, grab your Android, start making content right now. Cool. It can look like a hostage video. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Why? Because this is literally everybody right now in their homes doing yeah. this. It's more relatable now than ever. My content, you know, I invest heavily in my brand, but my content is very professionally produced. However, some of that stuff isn't as relevant now because what's relevant is everybody just holding their phone up yeah. doing this. In real, yeah. Exactly. You know, you're, you're at your office, I'm in my studio, but there's nobody else. The studio's in, in my office space that I have. Yeah. There's nobody else here right now, you know, because they're mostly probably the same with you for the most part, even yeah. though we're critical infrastructure. You know, I come here because I can, because I own it and I know nobody else is here. <laughs> That's just how it is. <laughs> exactly. But most of the time, man, it's just stuff like this. It's just holding your phone up and start to generate that content. But then you can start sharing those links too. That, that's actionable because you can just talk about, hey, law firms, talk to me right now. You know, or I, I want to give you one thing. You've got your remote workers working from home. Are they working from home PCs or are they working from a business-owned asset? Because especially if you're dealing with electronic health records with workers' comp claims oh, yeah. or medical malpractice or something, yeah. you need to make sure that you're still compliant with HIPAA with everybody go, working from home. That's a 15-second story. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Great and advice. It, that's great just do it. Exactly. Have time, just do it. Oh man, it's going to suck. It's going to suck the first couple sure. of times that somebody does it. You know, I look back even in my first podcast, like, oh Lord. And everyone's like, oh, that was great. I'm looking at myself. You're your worst critic, right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Th this was horrible. Uh, <laughs> but that's what it's going to look like to you when you first pick up your phone. But you, the more you speak, the more you talk, the more fluent 
and smooth you will become over time. Agreed. Then you get in front of people on Zoom, you know, even if it's just 20 people, I mean, last week I was in front of 150 people because I was invited to talk about at a, at a C-suite virtual conference. It was pretty cool. That's awesome. But I didn't start there. It, it takes just picking up your phone and starting with this thing. That's the thing to do this week. Don't I would say you said next week. I wouldn't even wait, man. You can do this today. We got one more day, day and a half. Get it done. Right on. <laughs> yep, you got it. Do it today for sure, uh -huh. man. That's awesome. I love it. Cool. But yeah, Thanks dude, this could be the gold rush. It really could. And I want to give people hope in this. And it's not really right now. It's really later on this year is when that gold rush could take happen because everyone's kind of in that protect mode right now. But as we, as we pivot through these next couple of weeks, next couple of months, if you just serve your clients, serve your customers right now in their time of greatest need, you know, there's some unique ways that I've done that and people can reach out to me. You know, like this, this was cool being able to, I didn't intend to make the owners cry. You know, it, it, it was four women that own a, a physical occupational and speech therapy for kids, which is sure. medical. Uh, but I was able to give them three months with completely no payments. Uh, and I don't even do terms, man. I've never done contracts or anything like that, but I got, sure. I found the right relationship with an underwriter to fund three years worth of that. If they sign for three years and give them deferred payments for 90 days. That's cool. Most are in this boat, man. And when I told them this, I mean, they started crying on the Zoom call, all four of them with this, because yeah. they, they called me up and they said, Rick, you know, first they, they wanted to talk to me, of course, because I'm the owner yeah. and said, Rick, we want to let you know what's going on. You know, because of even though we're medical and kids need physical therapy, kid, kids need speech therapy, nobody's bringing their kids in because there's other kids around. Right. So while we're shifting to teletherapy and telemedicine right now, we know that we need reach out. We know that we need you more than ever, but we just can't pay you. Right. Because their revenue went to zero overnight with this. And then they tell me we had to lay off all 30 of our therapists. And I'm like, all right, you know what? Give me 24 hours. Yeah. Dude busted up the phone and started working on this for them and came back. I'm like, you guys have never been on a term. You've been here for five years. So like, we'll sign anything. We're, we're with you. We know we need you, you know, and you're, you've done great work for us. If you can do three years, I can give you three months completely free. And that's what, man, it, it just even in that. So it, it was a win-win because I keep them around as a client because, it, you know, and I still would have worked something out, but this was the best possible way, man, to, to help lift them up and serve them in this time to help their transition, their pivots while they were in that protect mode, because I don't want MSPs to even to stay in that protect mode too long. I want them to, to push forward into that pivot mode so they can start looking at thriving with their customers again, six months from now. Right. Uh, as soon as the soonest you can get out of that defense mode, the better it is for you and start looking into that pivot because nothing's going to be the same, man. Just like my story about the church, church is never going to be the same again. The, the old way of doing things. Right. MSPs are never going to be the same again. If you're smart and you make that pivot, you're going to thrive again six months from now. When I think another thing that you touched on is an underlying opportunity here to strengthen those existing client relationships. Oh my gosh. Yes. Through the tough time and you have like widened the moat, heightened the walls on those business relationships and, and long-term business. So yeah. in addition to being able to pivot and take advantage of the opportunities that are going to present themselves here, you've solidified that base beyond just uh, oh, a, yeah, a vendor, you know, client relationship. You're like, this guy's a partner in my business yeah. and helped me through one of the worst times they probably experienced inside of their, their professional uh, professional career. So you got it. Super cool. Absolutely, man. I, I love that. That's what fulfills me, man. If I'm not helping other people, I'm not personally fulfilled, right. so whether that's clients, whether that's other MSPs, whatever it is, you know, even, even our conversation just with each other, you know, I feed off of this, what we're doing yeah. right oh, now, yeah. man. <laughs> same, same here. Yeah. It's, it's fun. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm making like mental pointers. I should have a, a, a note card because they're, they're two, three things. <laughs> Ah, this is really Hey, good. we're recorded. It's all good. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, I get to go back and listen. <laughs> yeah, you do. I'm sure you've got someone that'll do the show notes too. So you, you could like look at bullet points along the way. Right on, man. So I have another specific question for yeah. you. Um, what has surprised you the most over these last four weeks? 
it was probably the denial at first with, with most that this is something and it it really has nothing to do with how bad the virus is you know the the death toll or how many are actually infected anything like that it was more so the denial i mean uh, from the country's leadership all the way down you know to just everyone else that thinking that this was going to be over super fast right. you know and that's and here's the the singular reason why man it has nothing to do with the economy it has nothing to do with how you feel when it should open back up again it has nothing to do about how businesses are being affected or how families can't pay their mortgage. It's one single thing, the power of fear. Yeah. And that's what was sort of delayed because what happens when, you know, if you're not used to a certain kind of stress or a certain kind of fear, what do you typically do? You freak out and you run away from it, right? You, t you turn back. Yeah. Rather than facing it head on. And that's where that denial that surprised me. Yeah. Cause at first I, but I've seen this before, you know, I built my MSP in the middle of the recession, the last recession. Yeah. I've seen it. So I'm like, oh, this is feeling pretty familiar to me. Uh, but those who have not been or maybe, you know, went through as a different industry, not necessarily in real estate or something like that before, or B2B services that took a hit last recession, mm -hmm. they might not have seen anything like this before. You know, even though I'm 40, I say I'm 40. And sometimes I say that I'm only 40. But I've been doing this for 12 years now. Yeah, okay. It's it is a long time. And so I'm not young, but I'm not elderly either. You know, I've seen one or two things. I've done one or two things. And this just had a familiar feeling. But as I'm looking around, I started looking up at really the fear yeah. in everyone. And that's where I felt that most were denying what was happening for real. Uh, and it again, it has nothing to do with the the tragedy of the amount of deaths or the amount of infections or the economy closing down. It was just more so all of those put together and people not knowing what is going to happen and when's that going to happen, whether it's a turn for the worse or a turn for the best. Yeah. It's really the power of fear, man. That's been the biggest driver out of this. And with clients, with my staff, with, uh, you know, with, with churches that I support with everyone, it's just being that encouraging voice to them and saying, you know, we will get through this together. Uh, not denying the suck factor right now, because it's it's very real. It's a reality, yeah. Yeah, but that's facing that fear, man, because the, the only way that you can overcome that, was it Tony Robbins, I think, that said, you know, it, if I'm scared, then I must? Hmm. I, I, I don't know. It might have been him. I'm probably misquoting somebody. I don't know. But that that's how I, you know, if there's something that, that scares me, I know, well, I got to tackle this thing. Yeah. It's in front of me as a challenge because the greater the challenge, the greater the wall in front of you means that there's an even bigger breakthrough on the other side. That's another thing that I've always looked at, which ties back and calls back to what we were talking about. The situation you're dealt, dealt with, how you respond oh, or react yeah. to that. You got it. When you look at the scenario and think, I've noticed this in my life. If you see more oppression and more resistance coming your way, that means that there's an even greater breakthrough on the other side. Yeah, that's that's the that's that exactly ties back to the um, how are you gonna what's the attitude what's what's yeah. the point you're gonna take as these things uh, come across your back because it's this and this isn't gonna be the last either right so it's not you're nope. struggling now now let work to get your mind right work to get your mind right you know yeah yeah have those actions you know um, um, take the right take the right actions take you the right got it. Talk with people, listen to stuff that's oh, important. Lord, please. Like, yes. What you put in your mind, you know, is yeah. gonna have a, it's gonna affect the outcome of how you you operate. You right know? on. Get in bed what with you your wife or your here? husband more. You know, now's the yeah. time to become closer than it is to just uh, drift apart, even in, in marriage and your other relationships, man. Get closer with people during this time. Agreed. All right, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna this is this is gonna get a little. We'll see. We'll see if it gets philosophical. <laughs> you we could, haven't been that at all yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We haven't gone deep. So if you could talk to your younger self, seeing all that you've accomplished yeah. today in different areas of your life and in business and in speaking and in encouraging others, what what would you say to yourself? What what wisdom would you give your younger self at this point in life? Just get out there and start doing it, whatever it is, whatever that dream of yours is, whatever, you know, if I was talking to my 23 year old self, 22 yeah. year old self, yeah. you know, 
even though how we were talking in my, my origin and how I went through those different transitions and I learned a lot working for other people, mm-hmm. man, I had that itch inside of me, that entrepreneurial spirit since I was 18. Yeah. Uh, and I had an opportunity to start when I was 21, but I had that comfortability of a paycheck coming in yeah, until I didn't when I was laid off. And that was a, well, I guess now's the time when I could have started seven years prior, you know, and it's the phrase I use a, a lot is, you know, 20 years ago was the best time to plant a tree. The next best time is right now today. And that's how I look back at my life. I learned a lot through those times, through those seven years when I could have started something and could have launched something. But I always knew that I was meant to be the, the leader and build something because I always wanted to impact other people. Yeah. You know, so if you've got that drive inside of you, you have to just start, put yourself in a position. For me, it was the comfortability. And if I was telling my younger self, it's like, dude, you need to get uncomfortable because that's the only way that you're going to grow is if you make yourself uncomfortable. Burn that net, kill all the safety precautions, just go after it, man. Don't wait. Because I could have been seven years ahead of where I'm at right now. Right. And it's not a regret. I don't look at it as a regret. It's just now I made the mistake Hopefully other people can learn from my mistakes. Yeah. You know, look at me yeah. and see where I fell so that you don't have to fall the same way. I love that. I love that. Very cool. Um, in winding down, is there anything that you really want to make sure that you leave the audience with before, before we sign off together? Yeah, especially since this is, these are my people, right? These are your people. These are, these are MSPs or IT business owners, whatever way you want to call it. Don't think that it's going to be business as usual. Understand that there's a pivot in the marketplace that's taking place and there's decisions that have to be made very quickly. Actually, if you haven't made them yet, you're probably behind the times. It's not that you don't have hope anymore. No, but you just have to act a little bit quicker right now. And that's that pivot that we've been talking about, because this could be the gold rush for us. Now's not the time to try to claw out opportunities. Now's the time to serve. And like I was talking about serve first, there's a tagline there that I don't have on the canvas, but it's serve first and the money will always follow. Exactly. If, if you do that and focus that way, yeah. the gold rush will happen for yeah. you six yeah. months from now. I know it's going to hit. However, if you don't make those pivots right now, or maybe you don't want to because it takes energy, it takes a lot of mental stamina to do this. Right. It could be possible to, you know, selling right now is not a bad move or merging in with somebody else as we've been talking. But all of that coupled together, now's the time to pivot. Because what happened before is not gonna be the same that it was. Everything changes from this point on and it can change in a very, very good way. Agreed. Well, dude, this has been awesome. Dude, I appreciate you. Truth, truth bombs all over the place. Right on, yeah. This is this is a, a note takers podcast here. This is this is one lay lay it down, journal it out. Uh, uh, I feel like there's been some really cool uh, tidbits that have been really unique in our conversation. Yeah, man. Versus, uh, conversations that I've been having. So you know, thank you for that unique perspective. And as a busy man, um, thank you for your time because. Um, you know, dude, that's that's the thing we can't make more of. So I'm very grateful for you spending the time uh, with me, with all of our listeners, and um, yeah, just just laying it out. And it's been Ryan, really- you're awesome. I appreciate that you do this because uh, I mean, bringing people hope in this time is just something that's even more important, man. So kudos to you. I appreciate you for doing that. Appreciate that.